Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. And good morning. It's time for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Today on the show, we have a preview of the third base position in fantasy, which includes one of the potential top 10 moving to the leadoff spot and yet another injury in the pitching department in fantasy baseball as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample here on the show. Good to have you with you here on this February the 20th, 2020. As we get into everything in fantasy, we got Chris Pavona, as always, producing the show. We're going to bring in Frank in just a minute. But, uh, yeah, first and foremost here, uh, spring training games, some of them begin, you know, sort of today. But tomorrow, uh, you know, we have a real... Uh, you know, half slate and then Saturday, a full slate for uh, all teams in Major League Baseball. This should be a great spring training and an exciting one as well. And of course, we're here to bring you all the latest news and updates as far as that is concerned. And unfortunately, this morning, another injury in fantasy and to the same pitching staff that has kind of had those injuries over the last few years. The Cleveland Indians, who, of course, shipped Corey Kluber over to Texas, maybe. Maybe rethinking that one a little bit as Carlos Carrasco, of course, had the very unfortunate illness last year. According to reports that I'm seeing this morning, uh, looks like he has uh, some sort of leg issue and was on crutches and is going to be uh, reevaluated in some form or fashion. So uh, the value bump is going to be coming on Aaron Savali and some of the other potential pitchers on the Indians. But this is really more about, I think, Carrasco than anybody else. And also you have Clevenger now, who's not going to be available for spring training. So uh, an exciting time for people who like to follow the Cleveland Indians rehab stints and minor league stints, because you're going to have a chance to probably see Carrasco and Clevenger in both of those. But for those of you who are doing fantasy baseball drafts right now, uh, those two pitchers are some high risk guys right now going into the season. We got a Dan Strafford update here on Sports Grid, and then Frank will join me next as we kick off the day here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Sports Grid News Update. Well, Craig, as you were just discussing, Carlos Carrasco experienced discomfort in his right leg while working out on Wednesday. 
Krasko was using a crutch when he arrived back in the Indian Spring Training Clubhouse on Thursday morning. Teddy would be sent off for testing and imaging. We expect an update at some point on Friday. Also, Major League Baseball Cubs manager David Ross said Wednesday that he is committed to Chris Bryant as the team's leadoff man for 2020. Bryant told reporters on Wednesday morning in Arizona that he was open to the idea, and it seems that will come to fruition. Byron Buxton of the Twins participated in live batting practice on Wednesday, expected the same on Thursday in Twins camp. Buxton needed surgery last September to repair a torn labrum in his left shoulder. In the NFL, a big story according to ESPN's Adam Schefter and various reports now. The new CBA could expand it to 14 teams in the playoffs. It's an expansion, adding a 17 per conference. Right now, six teams per conference make the postseason, with the one and two seats getting buys. Under this new proposal, there will be seven teams per conference, with only the number one seed in each league getting a buy. TMZ was the first to report that Browns left tackle Greg Robinson was under arrest by the Border Patrol for federal charge of possession of marijuana with intent to distribute. The criminal complaint cited Robinson having near 157 pounds of marijuana in his possession. Former Browns teammate Jarvis Landry underwent surgery earlier this month to repair a nagging hip injury that hampered him throughout the 2019 season. His recovery time is not yet stated. Seems he'll be ready for training camp at some point. The NBA is back with a six-game slate. We see the Houston Rockets visit the Golden State Warriors. The Grizzlies are in Sacramento to take on the Kings. The Milwaukee Bucks are in Detroit to take on the Pistons. They are minus 13, a 224.5 over under in that one. Last night in the ranks of the NCAA, Duke lost on the road to NC State 88-66. to I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, thanks very much, Dan. And as we continue here and get closer to spring training games being played on the field, we're, of course, looking forward to that. We bring in... My co-host, Frank Stample. Frank, good morning, and welcome into another edition of the show. What's happening? What's going on, Craig? Happy Thursday to you. I guess you didn't get the memo. We were supposed to get haircuts yesterday. You didn't You, you didn't get my email? Where? I mean, you're, you're like, you have the option of having a lot of hair, and you're choosing <laughs> not to enforce that option. I mean. I'm digging the jacket, though. I'm digging the jacket, Craig. Look at you. Look at all snazzy. Well, you know, I like I'm, it. I'm, I'm trying out some new things. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if it's going to work or not. I, Friday will not be a jacket day for me. I can tell you that Friday will always be a casual day, but for for now we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll you know snazz it up a little bit, see how it looks. I'm just trying to follow in Joe Ranieri's footsteps, you know. I mean, Joe. I mean, I I I mean, Joe is also in South Florida, and he's got like that you know Miami Vice type look. He's a Dade County guy. I'm a Broward County guy, by the way. I was gonna say it must be a South Florida thing. Uh, do you also go tanning with Joe Ranieri? I know he has a tanning bed that he likes to uh, frequent very often. No, that's that's you know I mean I get enough of that outside for spring training and try to. Uh, SPF up as much as I can. So, no, the answer is uh, is no to that. So, all right. Uh, okay, so let's dive right in. Um, you know, on the two, I think, you know, fantasy most relevant subjects here. I talked about it right at the top. Dan had the update there. Uh, second Indians pitcher now having some sort of injury issues. By the time our show is done, I'm sure we're going to have more clarity on that. And look, everyone is rooting for Carlos Carrasco this year, not just from a fantasy perspective, but the reality perspective too. When you go through a life-threatening illness like uh, Cookie had last year, um, yeah, I'm just really, really sad to see uh, this happen for him. And and I guess, Frank, we start off there in fantasy today, a player that you're going to have to avoid if you're doing a live draft right now at the very least. 
Yeah, you got to wait for more information to see what's going on. The latest report is that he's dealing with a leg injury. He was on crutches. So we have to see you know, what comes back uh, in terms of the testing for Carlos Carrasco. But you're right, they're already dealing with an injury to Mike Clevenger. I thought you were going to say by the end of this show, we might get an injury on Shane Bieber. Let's, let's not, you know, we can't, we can't end any of that because I'm a big, uh, I'm b- big believer here in 2020. Uh, but for Carlos Carrasco, you're right, man. Everyone's rooting for him. Cookie Strong last year, coming back from leukemia. And, you know, the the surface numbers for Carrasco last year were not very good. The underlying numbers were still pretty much right in line with what we've seen in his career. Uh, so hoping that he can get back on the mound and, and get close to the pitcher that he was, you know, a couple of years ago from a fantasy perspective. But obviously this is huge news. Someone that was being drafted, you know, inside the top seven, eight rounds is an SP2 and SP3. And, and you know, we've already seen a lot of injuries take place here in spring training. So we, uh, we need as many pitchers to stay healthy as we possibly can get, Craig. Yeah, and, and look, the Indians uh, had to make that calculated decision by sending Corey Kluber uh, to Texas off the season that he had last year, giving Texas potentially their ace going into the year. And had they known these issues would have kind of peaked in now, I don't know that they would have made those trades. So the Indians certainly will have to be a situation that we monitor. We also heard yesterday, and, and uh, it seems pretty clear at this point, that the Cubs' leadoff hitter this year is going to be Chris Bryant, and we're going to have our third base rankings coming up in just a little bit. So uh, Bryant, with the great on-base percentage, probably gets a boost there. With runs, probably gets a boost there. But the question is going to be, Frank, and I, I don't see Chris Bryant's stolen bases going up more than 10%, I think, at the very most. So, uh, you know, home runs will be there too, but the runs driven in is going to be the key number here in 5 by 5 leagues. I would have to guess at this point, you're going to have to downgrade those projections a little bit if this carries over to the regular season. Yeah, and this is a little foreshadowing for a third base preview, but I'm not going to be in on Chris Bryant this upcoming season. If you play in a standard 5x5 or in a head-to-head categories league, realistically, what are you getting out of Chris Bryant at this point in his career? Two? maybe three categories. You know he's going to give you home runs. He's probably going to hit around 30 home runs. The runs scored are going to be great. There's no doubt about that. Up over 100 runs in three of his last four seasons. But Craig, he hasn't had more than 77 RBI in any of the last three seasons. And I think if you ask the average baseball fan, the average fantasy baseball player, they might not realize that Chris Bryant does not drive in runs. He just doesn't get a lot of RBI opportunities. And that's going to continue to be the same this upcoming season with him leading off 282 batting average last year uh, was fine. I mean, that's better than league average. That's a good mark to have. Uh, but his expected batting average, his stat cast numbers are not very impressive as well. Uh, Chris Bryant is somebody that I am not going to be on this upcoming season, Craig. Yeah, it will have our third base ranking coming up in just a little bit. Also, another interesting story to really touch on here, and this is from MLB.com yesterday. Miguel Sano came out and and basically said that he contacted Josh Donaldson this offseason basically saying that the only player that he was going to move from third base to first base was, and of course we have Sano, we'll talk about him too, uh, was Josh Donaldson. And Frank, I mean, I don't know about you, but Miguel Sano should be moving over from third base anyway. I don't think it should make a difference, but that was a funny comment that I saw yesterday. Yeah, he's an absolute butcher in the field, and maybe you know playing first base will help him remain healthy. That's been the biggest knock on Miguel Sano in his career. Um I appreciate the sweet talking from Miguel Sano to try and get Josh Donaldson over to the Twins, but let's not forget that Anthony Rendon was also a free agent, so I'm pretty sure if the Twins wanted Anthony Rendon, 
Miguel Sano probably would have signed on, uh, signed over uh, to moving on to first base in order to Ant- for Anthony Rendon to join the team as well. So it's not just Josh Donaldson, uh, but in terms of Miguel Sano, somebody that I do really like, Craig. I don't know who your guys are, like the players that you just can't quit, that you will always love no matter what, but Miguel Sano is one of those players for me. And I truly believe if he ever played more than 130, 140 games, he can lead baseball in home runs, potentially even hit 50 home runs. Yeah, one of the most powerful guys. Saw him in the home run derby a couple of years ago and then uh, was sent down to single A, would you believe, a couple of years ago too. Uh, kind of crazy story with uh, Sano. Okay, three up, three down is next. You're watching and listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Now what goes up must come down. Three up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning. Welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for a little three up, three down here on the show. This is what's trending up and what's trending down in sports and pop culture, fantasy baseball, anything on the menu. We give it to you today here on the 20th of February, 2020. I will get started. I'll be your leadoff hitter today. Uh, I'm going to start off with with a little Netflix. Netflix here. Now, uh, Narcos uh, Mexico is back for season two. And I've been a big fan of that series, and I, I saw the first episode of it yesterday, so a uh, big fan of that. Uh, Ozark is another one of the shows that I've watched over the last, I guess it's been around for like two or three years, and they just announced that season three is back uh, March 27th. So yet another show that I'm going to have to try and stream and watch at the same time in between all of the fantasy baseball stuff. But the good news is that by March 27th, spring training will be over. We'll be at the regular season. The games are at night, not during the day. Makes it a lot easier for me. Don't get me wrong. Love spring training. It is the best. Can't wait to be back at the ballpark tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. Got plans for all three days. We'll bring you all those interviews on Monday. Uh, but yes, it is uh, a lot a lot to watch uh, coming up in March. By the way, that's right at the time of the Final Four, too. Okay, uh, second trending up. How about this one, Frank? Uh, KFC, your favorite fast food, KFC, uh, are going to have a new basket on their menu. It is going to be fried chicken and donuts. They're about to launch this for lunch. Now, there's been a big battle, of course, with KFC and then that Popeye sandwich. And I have had that. I've tried it. I had it a couple of different times. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to go down this road of the KFC fried chicken and donuts. Seems a little bit much for me. Seems like I may need to take a day off after having that, but we'll see. And then finally, on Saturday at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, it's a rematch of the World Series, right? The Washington Nationals defending champs against the Houston Astros. And guess who is taking the mound in game one of spring training game number one for Washington? Max Scherzer. You can't keep this guy off the field. You would think that they would slow it down a little bit. You remember what happened last year with the Boston Red Sox where they went into spring training and they said, oh, we're not going to pitch David Price. We're going to give Chris Sale a little bit of extra time. How did that work out? 
Not going to happen with Max Scherzer. He's starting game one on Saturday night. Probably only going to throw an inning or two. But that's a statement, I think, being made right away, Frank. That's what's trending up for me. Definitely interested in the KFC fried chicken and donuts. No doubt about that, Craig. Uh, sweet and savory, one of my favorite. Big fan of fried chicken and waffles. So why not we? Why not try fried chicken and donuts, see how that works out? And no days off. You don't need any days off after eating fried chicken and donuts. You should see some of the stuff that I eat, Craig, uh, before Fantasy BFS. I'm surprised that I could even carry myself up here into the studio. Uh, it's quite ridiculous. Uh, shout out to Max Scherzer, someone we'll be paying attention to throughout spring. A few people scared off by that back and neck injury last year let's see if he can make it through spring uh, unscathed and give us confidence going into the 2020 season my first trending up topic here Craig is Adalberto Mondesi dealing with a shoulder injury had surgery late last season to repair a torn labrum is quote able to perform virtually all baseball duties in Royals camp per MLB.com's Jeffrey Flanagan of course Adalberto Mondesi a very polarizing player we'll get into him tomorrow on our shortstop preview had 43 stolen bases in 102 games last year. So everyone's trying to chase speed. If he's healthy, he has a shot to steal 60 bases and doesn't completely hurt you in the power department as well. Definitely a player to pay attention to throughout spring as well. My second trending up topic here, Craig, Trent Grisham is being considered for a non-platoon role as the Padres' center fielder, A.J. Casavelli uh, of MLB.com reports that. And, of course, they gave up Luis Urias uh, last this offseason to get Trent Grisham. And Grisham was someone who made an adjustment in his swing, a mechanical change last year in the minor leagues, and wound up putting together a 300 batting average, 1,000 OPS, 26 home runs at AAA. Uh, so there's, you know, there's some... Big plans for him uh, with the San Diego Padres. Uh, and I don't know that we're talking enough about Trent Grisham, someone that you know we've got to dive in a little bit deeper on here uh, and see what kind of value he has coming up for the San Diego Padres. My last trending up topic here, of course, comes from Danny Okers, one of the producers here on the show. He always helps me out with the trending up topics, my pop culture type topics. Blind Engineer invents a smart cane that guides the vision impaired using Google Maps and sensors. Now, this is a fantastic story, you know, for obvious reasons. I mean, anything that can, you know, enhance you know, people who are visually impaired or the blind uh, to make their lives easier. Obviously, I would be all for. The one thing I've got to say about this, Craig, is that it's using Google Maps and sensors. I don't know how often you use Google Maps or you take Ubers or you take Lyfts, but sometimes these drivers and these navigation services. They will tell you to do wacky things, and sometimes people are just willing to listen. Like They might tell you to make a left where you can't even make a left. So I'm hoping that the, uh, the Google Maps and the sensors on this cane are, are a little bit better than what we've seen from the GPS services, but all in all, I think this is a, uh, a pretty cool invention, assuming that it works, Craig. Yeah, no, I mean, this would help a lot of people with, uh, with navigation. And uh, certainly it would be something that I would recommend to your hairdresser for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, trending down. We'll start off with uh, this bad report, a false report about Amari Cooper being shot. Like who makes up this stuff these days? Yesterday, all of a sudden that pops off right at the end of our show about Cooper being shot. He's got to go on Instagram and say that that it never happened. The Dallas police have to say that it didn't happen. And things that go viral today, it just doesn't matter anymore. There's just so much nonsense out there for sure. Uh, look, this is the big story uh, trending down, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, and, and look, a lot of people are poking fun at it, as they should. I mean, 
look, I mean, this Greg Robinson, okay, uh, of the Cleveland Browns, he gets arrested for having 157 pounds of weed, like 157 pounds, of course, arrested for it, and also with the intent to distribute it, keeping in mind that uh, marijuana around the country is now legal in a lot of the different states. But this very intelligent guy uh, in the, or formerly probably in the NFL, Greg Robinson decides not only does he want to play in the league, but he's also going to distribute it again when it is legal in what? A dozen states, half a dozen states in the United States. So go figure that one. Good job there. Definitely trending down. And then finally, uh, after yesterday, we came on the show and we talked about these slow drafts in fantasy and me participating in the draft and hold over in Tout Wars. And we said that it would be, you know, not optimal to basically have no picks through an entire day. That's exactly what happened yesterday. I made a couple of picks right before our show and then made none the entire day. So it just goes to show you now I'm not complaining at all. I think it's fine. People just took their time. Uh, no picks until one o'clock in the morning. Of course, I was sleeping at that time. And then so uh, this morning I was able to make my selections. Also trending down, a good trending down for me is that uh, I just didn't sign up for the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I thought I did. I thought I submitted it. I, I seem to remember submitting it, but apparently I did not. And so I am not in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational this year. So uh, trending down because I'm an idiot and didn't sign up. But I got to say a little bit of trending up. One less league that I'm going to be in this year, Frank. Yeah, that one's a little bit of a mixed one. I agree with you because obviously, you know, you want to participate in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, but one less league, you don't have to set lineups, you don't have to set waivers for. Uh, I think you're probably just scared about potentially getting matched up in a league with me again, Craig, kind of like we did in the first year when I dominated you. So that's I don't probably, remember that at all. That yeah. was uh, I had somebody else draft my league. Yeah, I mean, oh, look, in, in, your, uh, in your advanced age, Craig, it doesn't surprise me that you don't remember when I dominated you, Craig. So I'll just, I'll just throw that out there. I'll just throw that out there. My first trending down topic here is Shohei Otani is jacked. And we have a graphic downstairs. If you guys can throw that up on the screen. Uh, and I don't like this. I don't like this that Shohei Otani is jacked this upcoming season because we've seen a bunch of players continuously get hurt because they're they're almost too big. Giancarlo Stanton comes to mind. Aaron Judge comes to mind. And now, you know, Shohei Otani is going to be a batter for the first month and a half, and then he has to start pitching as well. I don't know, man. I have some concern over Shohei Otani here. It seems like uh, some of these guys are taking it a little bit too far when it terms to in terms of the fitness. Why don't we just go down the Babe Ruth route? Some hot dogs, some beer. Worked out perfectly fine just for him. Second trending down topic here, Craig. Matt McGill is behind some of the other pitchers in Mariners camp due to soreness in his right shoulder. And obviously, this is one of the closing situations we're trying to figure out still when it comes to the Seattle Mariners. They signed Yoshi Hirano in the offseason as well. So... I don't know if we'll know by opening day who the starter is. This is one that might go into the season with a closer by committee, something that we're going to have to pay close attention to. But uh, one of the players that was given the closer's role last year and actually performed quite well with it uh, was Matt McGill of the Seattle Mariners. But as of now, he is behind some of the other pitchers in camp. Last but not least, trending down here, Craig, the big baller brand is back. I know that this is something that you were waiting for. Uh, personally, I, I know that waiting, you're, yes. you're a big LeVar Ball fan. Uh, they Huge. announced on Instagram yesterday that the big baller brand is back. The wait is over, and you can get a 10% discount with the promo code Triple B is back. If you go to the website, you'll notice none of the players who play in the NBA, who are his sons or are going to play in the NBA, Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball, not featured anywhere on the website. The Angelo Ball, 
the one that is not in the NBA and not as good of a, a, a basketball player. Featured all over the website. He has managed to alienate his sons. Uh, and with that, he is trying to relaunch the brand that is the big baller brand, uh, LeVar Ball. One final thing to say to you, stay in your lane. Craig, will you be uh, buying some big baller brand gear for the uh, for the upcoming baseball season, potentially? Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to start our own for this show. <laughs> and uh, for, for our big ballers, we're doing big baller Bavona brand. We've decided oh, to go that route. Yeah, the because, I mean, our, our producer, Chris Bavona, is the biggest baller of anybody at Sports Grid. You know, riding up right across Madison Square Garden with that beautiful Lexus that he has, just, you know, gets out of the car. People escort him into Versa, into the building. I can actually um, confirm you know. this too, Craig. Downstairs, a yeah. couple of the guys were talking about how much money they spent on their wedding, and Bavona's just sitting in the corner. Hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, guys. You will never guess how much money I spent on my wedding. He's almost down there gloating how much, how expensive his wedding was. So you're not wrong. The big baller Bavona brand That's it. is real. That's this guy's it. got That's fat it. stacks. I mean, he may not know either of our names, but he definitely is a big baller. There's no doubt about that, Mr. Chris. Okay, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. We got our third base preview coming up next right here on FST. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample here on the Sports Grid television and radio network, by the way. Hopefully you're catching the show on one of our preferred apps, whether it's YouTube or whether it is Stir or Zumo or Pluto Television. And, of course, on uh, sportsgrid.com. So, uh, Frank, you know, we're moving on to third base today. And third base is definitely always a fascinating position because for most people who are playing fantasy baseball in general and historically, usually using a third baseman. And then you have the option of taking a second player that plays third base and using them as your corner infield. You can also use them as the utility position. So uh, before we get into the rankings in general, um, and I'll let you uh, get the ball rolling with your uh, with your third base rankings. Uh, what is your overall opinion of the position this year? I think that for me, you're playing in a 12-team league, and I know that's kind of shallow, but let's just, you know, most novice players who probably are watching the show are playing in leagues of 10 or 12 teams. A lot of them are mixed. I feel like you probably are going to have a capable third baseman, and there are probably 12 to 15 players that you're okay with having. Of course, there's a couple of guys who are, very good as far as the top tier is concerned. But I think after that, I'm pretty comfortable with having a lot of these guys. Is the deepest position this season in fantasy baseball. I think third base and outfield in terms of just uh, the hitter positions are the best this upcoming season. You know, I was looking at my rankings last night. 
I went about 22 players deep that I would not mind having as my starting third baseman. And obviously, we'll get into the top 10 rankings uh, right now. But you know, I think that it's a very it's a very deep position, very strong position. Uh, and here my my top 10 rankings this upcoming season: Jose Ramirez, Nolan Arenado, Alex Bregman, Rafael Devers, Anthony Rendon, Manny Machado, Juan Moncada, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Josh Donaldson, and Matt Chapman. Craig, before we jump into your ranks as well, is there anything that you kind of want to pick apart from mine, or do you want to present yours and then we'll kind of compare and contrast? Uh, I'll kind of throw it back your way, and, and you okay. lead and let me know what you want to kind of dissect here in terms of third base. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, we can we can kind of uh, go through mine here, and then we can you know, dive back into where we see things a little bit different. So, uh, look, in, in the only draft that I have done so far that means anything, I took Alex Bregman... Uh, as my as my number one pick. Now I'm going to put him at shortstop, of course, but he still does qualify at third base. Look, there's just so much predictability with Nolan Arenado. I gotta have him second. I'm probably going to be a lot higher on Manny Machado than a lot of other people are. I think that a career year is coming this year. I think the Padres are poised to really have a fantastic year, and I got him third. I believe what I saw last year in uh, Endeavors, so I am going to put him fourth. Anthony Rendon is an interesting one for me, and I think that we probably both have him uh, in the same spot. We both have him at five. It's not that I'm worried, but there is that league change thing going on, and there's a high percentage of players who struggle, at least initially, when they go from one league to the next. So I'm interested to see how that works out for Rendon. The lineup that he's in is clearly good. He's got the best player in baseball playing there. Jose Ramirez struggled mightily in April and May of last year, and then he came alive and did exactly what we thought he was going to do. Chris Bryant's ADP has currently been dropping. I still have him in the top 10, despite him hitting leadoff. I have him at seven. Matt Chapman, if you didn't get any of the guys that I just mentioned, and you're in a 12-team or 15-team league, and you have Chapman as your starter, you got to feel really good about that. Same goes for Josh Donaldson, who I think put all of those injury issues that people speculated aside. And then I'll put Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in my top 10 at the end, although I am not as high on Vlad Jr. as a lot of other people are in the industry. So I think the biggest difference, Frank, from mine to yours is the fact that I have Chris Bryant in my top 10 and you do not. Uh, You have Yoan Moncada in your top 10 and I do not. So let's go ahead and start off with uh, why no Chris Bryant for you in your top 10. And then uh, and you can go into why you have Mankata a lot higher than I think that uh, probably most people do. Yeah, so when it comes to Chris Bryant, we touched on this in the first segment as well. I just don't think that he's going to provide much outside of home runs and runs scored. And those are fine categories, but I think that you can get those later on in your drafts. He'll, he'll give you a 270, 275 batting average, which is fine. It's you know right around league average. It's not going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, but I just don't think he, he doesn't help you in areas where you really need, like in that part of the draft, I'm trying to get stolen bases. I'm trying to get batting average as well. He's a fine player. It just it just, just doesn't really excite me. He is what he is. He's an accumulator. Uh, the batter ball data, the stat cast data is not really exciting when it comes to Chris Bryant as well. I do have him ranked as my 11th third baseman, so he's just outside my top 10. Uh, but because of that, I'm probably not going to own any Chris Bryant this upcoming season. When I deep, deep dove, deep dove, dove, Dove deep last when I night. Dove deep. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> when I dove deep last night into Yohan Moncada, he was someone that I came away uh, very excited about, and I had to have him ranked inside of my top ten. 
We know the prospect pedigree that he comes with. Remember, they traded away Chris Sale in his prime to the Boston Red Sox to receive Yuan Moncada, and he broke out last year in a major way. 315 batting average, 25 homers, 83 runs, 79 ribbies, 10 stolen bases, chips in some speed as well. The, the question is how. He got more aggressive last year. He started chasing pitches. He was almost too passive earlier in his career. He has a good eye at the plate. He has good recognition at the plate. Um, But he started chasing pitches more, and with that, he actually made more contact. So the hit tool got better. He chased more pitches. He was more aggressive. Uh, His zone contact rate was 83% last year, which was a career high for him. So that's trending in the right direction. And he actually lowered his strikeout rate from 33% in 2018 to 27% in 2019. The BABIP was very high. It was up over 400, but that's going to come with the type of batted ball data that he has. 93 mile per hour average exit velocity, 97th percentile in baseball last year, uh, career best 12% barrel rate, exactly what you want to see. He had high BABIP numbers all throughout the minors. That's It's going to come down a little bit. He's not going to maintain a batting average on balls in play over 400. Maybe that drops down to, to 370, uh, and with that, you know, you can expect maybe a 280, 285 batting average, but... Craig, I just think it's within the cards here for Yuan Makata to just put together a massive, massive breakout season, like 280, 30 homers, 10 to 15 stolen bases, and in that White Sox lineup, which I think we can consider a top five lineup in baseball right now, I think the counting stats are all going to be really, really good as well. I like the change in approach. I like the prospect pedigree. For all those reasons, that's why I have Mankata inside my top 10. Yeah, and look, I think that what we've established in the short period of time that we've been doing the show is that you're pretty high on the White Sox because you also have Abreu at first base higher than you know potentially some other people do in the in the community or the industry as well, and so you may be best served to bet the over on the White Sox this year over on their win total if you feel that strongly about that. I believe it's in the low 80s, so just finishing above 500 would get it done, and uh, Frank and I will have uh, one show for sure uh, on all of the baseball props before the season begins. Uh, not in our top 10, but would have been in my top 10 two weeks ago. And this was actually one of those props at the Westgate uh, Superbook that I was really, I was really going to do. I was going to do it. And it's one of those things where I didn't want to because I felt like, look, there's probably still a month before the season starts. The only thing that can happen when you're betting on an over right now on any individual player prop is that it can go up by like a home run or like a from a minus 110 to a minus 115. But the worst case scenario is that a player gets hurt and you bet an over on something. There's simply no reason to bet an over on any individual player prop until the season starts. You may as well wait. And and Frank, that's what happened with me with Eugenio Suarez. And he's outside of the top 10 for both of us. I loved his number going in. It was in the low 30s as far as his home runs were concerned. He had 49 home runs last year, 34 the year before that. His OBP is stellar. He's been a stud almost three straight years in a row in fantasy, and then the injury happened, and it really hurt. I mean, he is a player to me that if there was going to be one injured player to consider, it would be him. I just can't pull the trigger right now. I got to see a little bit of him playing at least later on in the spring, to make that final determination, because anytime you're dealing with a shoulder injury, it could derail you. 
Especially from a power perspective too, Craig. You know, we've seen a lot of power hitters get derailed with those shoulder injuries in the past. And look, the power, I believe, is legit when it comes to Suarez, assuming that he is healthy, which we have to see, you know, as spring training ramps up as we as we get closer to opening day. Uh, but over the past two seasons, he is second in baseball in home runs with 83 behind only Mike Trout. So that's pretty good company to be part of there. Uh, I think he was helped out a little bit by the juice ball last year. We saw the 48 home runs. I don't think anyone was expecting him to do that. But, you know, mid-30s in home runs with good RBIs, yeah. a batting average that's not going to hurt you. I think those are all, all fair things to expect from a. Eugenio Suarez. The problem for me, Craig, is someone we spoke about yesterday on the, the second base preview I think Mike Moustakis is probably going to have similar numbers to that, and he's going about 20 picks later than A. Eugenio Suarez. So I think you could actually get a little bit of value here on Mike Moustakis. Uh, so Suarez wasn't really someone that I was targeting, and I think that there are a lot of similar players to Suarez that are either going right around him or a little bit later on. Donaldson, I think, is similar and a little bit more proven. Uh, Matt Chapman is someone I still think can take that next step. It wouldn't surprise me if Chapman can hit, you know, 270 with 40 plus home runs. I, I think that is, you know, within the range of outcomes for Matt Chapman this upcoming season. I just think he has a little bit more upside. And, and personally, I'm worried about shoulder injuries when it comes to, you know, guys that we depend on for power like A. Eugenio Suarez. So. I don't think he's going to be on any of my teams. Maybe I'll take him in like a keeper league if he slips a little bit so I have that value for the following year. But outside of that, probably not going to have Suarez in any redraft leagues this year, Craig. Yeah, I believe in him, and I would have believed this year for sure had the injury not happened. So I'm not going to agree with that sentiment uh, of him and Moustakis. I think Suarez is at another level. And by the way, imagine this. Suarez in the NL MVP voting has finished in the top 20 two years in a row, and we'll even have him ranked in the top 10 at third base in fantasy baseball. Just one of the more underrated, understated players in the game. All right, we'll take a quick timeout on fantasy sports today with the comeback deck. It's time for Frank's stamp of approval. Want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. His approval rating, the highest of his career. Record disapproval from voters. Approval ratings at its peak. This is what gets Frank's stamp of approval. Welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today, and it is time for Frank's stamp of approval in fantasy baseball in 2020 and so with the election coming up pretty soon in november this will be our opportunity to find out who frank is in on in uh, the upcoming fantasy baseball season and so i'm looking forward always to this segment and looking forward to disagreeing that's what we do so uh frank who do you got here on the top of your list frank stamp of approval who do you got give me the first one 
Let's start things off with Mitch Garver, who finishes a top five catcher in both Roto and head-to-head points leagues last year. Breakout waiver wire catcher of the season in 2019, hit 273 with a 995 OPS, 31 home runs, 70 runs scored, 67 RBI. He did all of that in just 93 games. It didn't completely come out of nowhere. He had 17 home runs with a 928 OPS. Back in AAA in 2017, I actually remember Nando DeFino telling me, hey, look over at Mitch Garver's uh, minor league pitch. You got to check this guy out, Mitch Garver. So there were a few believers in Mitch Garver. The StatCast data was incredible, like most of the Minnesota Twins from last year. Uh, His barrel rate, 15.5%, ranked in the 96th percentile. His expected slugging percentage, 94th percentile. That was 7th in all of baseball is 97.2 mile per hour average exit velocity on fast on fly balls and line drives was just absolutely insane as well last year uh, at the catcher position he has good plate discipline an 11% walk rate um, and you know the swinging strike rate was very good as well 8% swinging strike rate last year uh, on the service looks like he might have struggled a little bit in the second half uh, but he was a little bit unlucky the Babbitt went from 340 in the first half 214 in the second half yet his hard hit rate was still the same 47% throughout both halves of the seasons one of my early bold predictions Craig I don't know if we're gonna get into bold predictions at some point here in the spring but I think that there is a scenario where Mitch Garver actually outperforms Gary Sanchez this upcoming season. It's just a matter matter of Garver uh, getting the at-bats. They do have Alex Avila, who, all right, I mean, he's a veteran. He's bounced around a little bit. He's a better framer than Mitch Garver, no doubt about it, but um, someone that's going to lead off against left-handed pitching is Mitch Garver as well in one of the better lineups in baseball in the Minnesota Twins. I'm buying what I saw out of Mitch Garver last year. I'm buying the batted ball data as well. I think he has the upside to approach 30 home runs with a batting average that doesn't hurt you and good counting stats in a really good Twins lineup. Mitch Garver, you have my stamp of approval. All right, good start there. Yeah, I mean, Garver's power... Something happened there. I got scared here. You know, we got hurricanes here in Florida, earthquakes in uh, South yeah, there it is. Stamp of approval. Yeah, I was. I, I forgot. That was my own idea to have that stamp. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you forget that? Okay. Come on, Craig. I, I'm the one that came up with it, and I <laughs> totally forgot about it. Uh, yeah, look, legit power. There's no doubt. It, it's always a playing time issue with catchers. It's always a framing issue with catchers, too. But provided that Garver is very even similar to last year, I, I still think catching is more or less a fantasy wasteland. He's got to be taken among the top catchers for sure. And... Uh, this is probably one that I would agree with you on. This is probably one that I would agree. I, I, I'm, as we get deeper into this, there's a couple that I don't. But to start off with, there's no question that you could get sneaky power from this guy. There are some people feel like there's going to be some pullback for that. But how so? The Twins led everybody in home runs last year. They were just absolutely crushing the ball. So I would still project Garver to have 25, 30 home runs. As long as he's good defensively behind the plate, I think it's a good call by you. Give you my stamp. I appreciate that, Craig. Let's move on to number two here in the stamp of approval on Fantasy Sports Today. And it's Corey Seager, who it seems like everyone's just forgetting about right now. Coming off elbow and hip surgeries in the offseason last year, he got off to a slow start in 2019. Through the end of April, he was batting 236 with an 89 weighted runs created plus, just two home runs, 12% walk rate, 21% strikeout rate, 37% hard contact. From May 1st on for Corey Seager last year, he hit 282. He slugged 517. 
120 weighted runs created plus 17 home runs, lowered the strikeout rate by about 4%, and his hard contact rate went up about 6.5% in just 102 games. I think Corey Seager is somebody who can hit 280 plus, 25 to 30 home runs. You're getting him in that 150, 160 ADP range right now. Uh, he had the highest launch angle of his career last season at, with an average of 14 degrees. Uh, he did struggle against left-handed pitching, but I think that there is room for improvement because he has actually been better against left-handed pitching than he was last season throughout the course of his career. So Corey Seager, Craig, reminds me someone similar to like Rafael Devers, who has the prospect pedigree. We're just kind of burying him right now, but we're forgetting about the talent that he has hitting in a really, really good lineup with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Assuming he's healthy and everything that I have seen has Corey Seager as healthy heading into 2020, in that lineup, I'm I'm intrigued. I, I like I like where you're getting Corey Seager right now. I I like him as a shortstop, maybe even a middle infielder. Corey Seager, you have my stamp of approval. All right, that one I got. That one I got the stamp. Um, I, I'm less bullish on Seager probably uh, than you are. I mean, there's just been a myriad of injuries over the last couple of years. I think I still think that he's a really good player. I don't think we should forget about him, but it's really interesting to think that if I would have told you, Frank, two years ago, that there would be two players on the Dodgers, prospect-wise, young player-wise, that would have moved ahead of him, you would have probably said no way. Cody Bellinger ends up winning the NL MVP. Gavin Lux is coming up this year. There's <laughs> a lot of people who are taking Gavin Lux ahead of Corey Seager in fantasy this year. It's kind of wild, but... Not as bullish as you in on Seager. I don't think he'll end up on any of my teams. You know, quite frankly, until I see him get five, 600 plate appearances again, probably not going to draft him. So a uh, little bit lukewarm on that stamp of approval. So I'll hold back my rubber stamp on him. All right, that's your loss here, Craig. Let's move on to Joe Musgrove of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was not good last year. And if you know anything about me, you learn anything about me, Craig. I love Joe Musgrove. I just can't quit this guy. A 4.44 yeah, ERA. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on a second here, Craig. I, I've got some numbers for you. When it comes to Joe Musgrove, his final four starts. This is a very small sample size, Craig. Final four starts here. We saw the velocity jump to 94 miles per hour. Started using his braking stuff more. I believe that he does have elite command. I think what he has. What month was this? September. Final four September, months of the season. September, the, the final month of the season. You're going by data in the final month of the season to make your stamp of approval? No, 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 no. He has other skill indicators that are very good uh -huh. here, Craig. If you, you know, let me get to it. 12% swinging strike rate was very good last year. 35% chase rate. 65% first pitch strike percentage. He does exactly what you want him to do. He gets ahead in the count. He gets swings and misses. He gets people to chase outside the strike zone as well. And look, Ray Searage was good for some starting pitchers. He, he took in some reclamation projects, and A.J. Burnett and Francisco Luriano turned them around. What about Garrett Cole? Does anyone else talk about Garrett Cole leaving Ray Searage and the Pittsburgh Pirates, throwing his fastball less, using his breaking stuff more, and actually becoming a better pitcher? We saw exactly that in the final month of the season when Joe Musgrove stopped using his fastball as much, started going to his breaking pitches, and I think he has two really good breaking pitches with the cutter, curve, uh, I'm in, I'm always in on Joe Musgrove, and I, I think that Ray Searage being out there, Craig, is actually going to help Joe Musgrove get to the next level. Joe Musgrove, maybe not for Craig, but you have my stamp of approval. I mean, come on. I mean, you're using the Garrett Cole analogy. 
where yeah, Garrett why can't Cole Joe Musgrove be Garrett Cole? Come on, because Greg. he went to Houston and and Joe Musgrove left Houston, and and they I think traded him for a reason. Uh, I like the guy personally. I think exactly what you saw last year is exactly what you're going to get. Uh, with all due respect, Frank, there's no way I'm looking at anything that happened in September as an indicator as to what can happen the following season. Even the velocity uh, jump, Craig, that doesn't it, it, that doesn't entice you to go from like 92 to 94 miles per hour. I'll see what it is. I'll see what it is in the spring, and as the spring goes on, if it's a little bit higher, it may be somewhat intriguing for me. Also, on top of it, you can't quantify wins and losses, and I understand that that there's going to, there are going to be outliers for players that end up winning a lot of games on bad teams because they can pitch deeper into the game. I mean, is just is Joe Musgrove? Is there a worse offensive situation in the entire National League outside of Pittsburgh? I mean, if there is, there's only maybe one or two teams. The Giants? Joe, that, there's one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe, Musgrove, Joe Musgrove is probably not winning 10 games. I mean, I, I find that. And now you, you'll get the other numbers if you are indeed right, but I think that there is too much risk for me. I am out. All right, give me one more. All right, let's go with Frankie Montas, who seems very polarizing right now. Everyone's trying to figure out, did he become good last year because of the PEDs? The answer is no. This guy always threw hard. He always threw about 95, 96 miles per hour. And if you look at his career trajectory, back in 2017, the strikeouts were there. He struggled with the command. In 2018, the strikeouts came way down, but the command got a lot better. In 2019, he finally put it all together, and I believe it was because he started using a new pitch. He started throwing the split finger fastball last year 18% of the time, and he started getting more swinging strikes. His command got even better than it was the year before. He got ground balls at a 49% clip, and if you had any worry about you know him returning at the end of the season, he made the final start. Through a quality start, six innings, one run ball, six strikeouts there as well. Uh, Frankie Montas is someone that I'm buying in on here, Craig. I don't think anything he did last year was PED related. I thought it was him progressing as a starting pitcher and finally putting it all together and the invention of a new pitch using that splitter. I buy into everything that I saw from Frankie Montas last year, and he's ranked inside my top 30 as a starting pitcher. I think that he's a breakout candidate this year. I'm buying. I'm in on Frankie Montas. You have my stamp of approval. And I swear it has nothing to do with his name. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm, I would, I would agree with this one. I mean, Oakland has a very strong track record for young pitchers. They have a strong track record for success. Unfortunately, there is some track record for injury as well. But you think about a rotation with Manaya and Montas, Lazardo, AJ Puck, and Mike Fires. A pretty good rotation to go into the season, or at least in the middle of the season, what Oakland could be looking at. All right, that'll do it for our first hour of the show. We'll be back for hour number two with a sports grid update and everything going on in fantasy. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash dunk to learn more.